over fear is all about us personally making the choice in every moment to choose love over fear because really we're reacting to the things that come our way in one of those areas. It's either love or it's fear, it's not both. How do we know that? Because 1 John says that perfect love casts out fear. They do not exist together. Remember what we've been saying, that fear always says this. If you want to learn how to recognize fear, sometimes we don't recognize it. Sometimes the world will tell us that our fear is normal, but we have a God that said 365 times in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, one time for each day of the year, he said, do not be afraid. But we're taught that our fear and our anxiety is normal, and we just need to learn to cope with it. You can cope with it all you want, but if you operate in perfect love, you won't have to cope with it because perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out anxiety. If you want to know, is this decision I'm making, is my reaction based out of love or am I reacting out of fear? Fear always reacts with this question, what if? I can't give right now, what if I don't have enough? I can't go give my time to this person, what if I don't have enough time for myself? I can't do something, what if, what if? Love always responds with God will. God will make a way for me. I'm just going to give everything away. God will make a way for my family. It doesn't matter what it looks like right now. That is responding with love. Because what is life? Life is really just the way, when you look back on it, it's going to be the way you reacted to stuff. Your life is going to be a series of reactions. From the first breath you took, how do you react to the air until the last breath you take? How do you react to what comes your way? Is it in love or is it in fear? Choice is yours. And for the believer, we have a chance to operate in a kind of love that is even different from the kind of love that exists without the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. There is four different types of love talked about in the Bible. Only one is perfect. Only one is unconditional. Only one is unlimited. It's called agape love. And that is the love that came to dwell on the inside of you the second you said yes to Jesus. That is what you have a chance to partner with. Unlimited, unconditional love in every decision you make. Today, I want us to focus on how to make that decision by and I know that we've said it a bunch of times today, and it's a very churchy phrase, so we're going to break it down, but by putting on the garments of praise. It's cold outside. How did you get warm this morning? You put on garments that keep you warm. Unless you're like, you know, my kid that wears shorts every day. In the snow, it doesn't matter. He just likes his shorts. There's a few adults here that put on shorts a lot, too. But uh, you still how to put those shorts on, right? right? You got to put on your garments of warmth to be warm. So for the spirit of coldness, you put on the garments of warmth. Well, that is the same picture we get from the book of Isaiah. For the spirit of heaviness. Now, everybody has their own idea of heaviness. And I'm not even saying that that's a, a bad thing. Uh, if, if you kind of have your own idea of what would that mean to be faced with the spirit of heaviness, we probably all know what it means. If somebody says, I just, I'm feeling heavy right now, I have a, a heavy load on my shoulders, I feel a heaviness in my mind, we can all at least start from this point. That's probably not good, right? We don't want to feel that way. I can't imagine anybody explaining, uh, I'm feeling heavy right now, and that being a positive thing. We at least know that's negative, but I actually want to break this down because the word in Isaiah Chapter 61 has a pretty powerful meaning that we can pull a lot from, and I just think it's going to minister to a whole lot of us today. Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3. You'll recognize this for lots of reasons, but one of the reasons is Jesus quoted this. He stood up in the temple and quoted this 
right as he started his ministry here on the earth. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. For the spirit of heaviness, we've been given this gift called the garment of praise. So in the Hebrew that that was written in, the word for heaviness is defined as this, weak, feeble, dull, or darkened. For the spirit of weakness, we have the garment of praise. For the spirit of, uh, of being feeble, that makes us feel feeble or weak, less than, there is a garment of praise. For a dull spirit, there is a garment of praise. For a darkened spirit, put on the garment of praise. Well, we know this. There was a finished work on the cross. For every believer that has said yes to Jesus, we come into agreement with a finished work of the cross. That means there's nothing lacking. That means there's nothing that we lack because Jesus lacked nothing. That means there's nothing, no victory left unfinished. He won the victory. He defeated our sickness that says in Isaiah, he was wounded and we were healed. He defeated sin he took that sin to the grave as a perfect man and rose from the grave without it, and now we've been forgiven. He defeated death. He rose from the dead with the keys of life and death in his hand. There is no victory left unfinished by Jesus. So with a spirit of heaviness, if it involves weakness, being dull, darkened, or feeble, it is a spirit that puts our focus, instead of on the finished work of Jesus, on ourself and our own weakness in the flesh, or somebody else's weakness, they're where they fall short in the flesh. But when our focus is on the weakness, the spirit of heaviness is all over us. And I'm telling you, there was a, a few days as I was writing this, I was only focused on when this puts the focus on ourselves and our own weaknesses. But I'm telling you, the spirit of heaviness has a heyday with you when all you're focused on is other people's weaknesses and where they fall short. I had a conversation this morning. Somebody had a, uh, an update on their phone or a news article about um, a believer that has been in ministry in a major way, renouncing Christianity. And they said, why, why is this happening with people? And I don't know why this individual is renouncing Christianity, but all I know is that I've heard people talk about turning their back on their faith, and what it usually comes back around to is somebody let me down. Some human let me down. It's not ever, I've never heard somebody say, God let me down. It's somebody let me down, or the church let me down. The church is made up of individual humans with weaknesses. There's weaknesses, but are we going to focus on the weaknesses we see in others or ourselves, or are we going to turn our eyes on Jesus, the one who's forgiven us and other believers of where they've fallen short. But it's very easy to let that spirit come upon us. Partly it's because we have so much information. Partly it's because we live in the information age and we literally get updates on our phone when somebody renounces Christianity. Back in the day, we would never know this, right? Unless you talk to somebody. 
Isn't it funny? If you played video games like in the 90s, you know like you knew cheat codes, but it was only because your friends told you. Right? Word just had a spread. You couldn't look up on the internet, how do I get 50 lives on Contra? By the way, it's, it's up, down, up, down, left, right, left, day. B, A, B, A, select. 50 lives on Contra. Do you know why I know that? Because my friend told me. Somebody told him. Somebody told him. Somebody told him. But you know what? Nowadays, you just Google it. Everybody knows the cheat codes because it's just online. We know when people mess up and we see their shortcomings. Partly, we, we, we see them in, par in person. We experience our own but man, we can turn on the TV and find people's weaknesses and shortcomings at any time. And if we are not careful, we will be faced with the spirit of heaviness. And then it is up to us to either allow that spirit of heaviness to have a hold on our mind and in our home and in our conversations and between our spouse and between us and our kids. Or we can choose to put on the garments of praise. We can choose to put on the garments of praise. And it changes the whole situation. It changes the whole atmosphere. We're going to get to that here in a minute. But for right now, let's stay on this point that the spirit of heaviness puts our focus on shortcomings, weakness, our own and other people's. The spirit of heaviness opens the gate to that fear-based response of what if. What if I'm not strong enough to make it through what I'm going through? Spirit of heaviness. What if I never get out of this financial situation? Spirit of heaviness. And also, you hear the word I a whole lot, right? What if I have to keep waking up every day, going to this job, doing this same thing for the rest of my life? Weakness, right? I. Shortcomings, I. What if I never lose this weight? What if I never uh, get healthy in life? What if I never, what if, what if, what if I? What if I, what if I? Spirit of heaviness. We all have shortcomings in the flesh. That's why we need a Jesus. That's why we need a Savior. He's not focused on our shortcomings. Why are we? Right? He doesn't look at us and give us the daily list of things we got to get right. No, he just says, look to me. In fact, Paul said that if we do look to him, that stuff that holds us back would just fall off. That stuff that holds us back, look unto Jesus and lay aside the sin that so easily besets you. Hebrews 12, 1. The spirit of heaviness opens the door to more what-ifs than you ever want to ask. It's all fear, all fear, all fear. But just like we put on that spirit of heaviness, we put it on by allowing it space in our mind. Because of Jesus, we can put on that garment of praise. And as we express that gratitude, as we express that thanksgiving, our focus literally shifts to him and that spirit of heaviness cannot dwell there anymore. It's a big change. But it's something you have to do. It's what we did this morning. We didn't walk in these doors this morning and automatically turn our attention towards Jesus, right? We sang songs. I believe one of the reasons music is so powerful and it's such a powerful vehicle for worship because, you know, that's music does not equal worship. Worship does not equal music. Uh, praise does not equal music. We think of praise and worship and because we're church people in the modern age, we a lot of times think of music. Music is just one vehicle of worship. Music is just one vehicle for our praise. But I believe one of the reasons it's so powerful because it fills up so many of our senses. I mean, uh, just the sound coming from the stage or from a stereo drowns out the sound of other stuff. Our attention is less focused on everything going on around us because it's filling up our ears. If there's a band playing, 
and it's filling up our eyes, right? Music fills up so many of our senses, which I believe makes it such a powerful vehicle for worship. Because man, the more of our attention we put on him, the further and further this spirit of heaviness is gonna run away from us. And boy, we see it all through the word. We see it all through the word. David wrote the words, soul praise the Lord when he wasn't feeling it, right? We come in and we're not feeling it and we're just sitting there. We decide I'm not gonna lift my hands today. I'm just gonna stand here. I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna get into this. You know, David gave us an example because he made himself. He goes, no, I'm gonna do this. I'm going to do this. And no, worship's not all about your actions, but your actions can be worship. And, and, you know, lifting your hands up. There's actually 30 actions in the Bible that are listed as ways to praise. Spinning around is one. Man, when was the last time you spun around? Uh, lifting your hands up. Singing. There are 30 different ways. Dancing. But this is the reason the Bible says, now let the weak say I am strong. Because in our flesh, we are weak. And when that is getting our focus, that is the spirit of heaviness. But we're not just flesh, right? We're not just imperfect humans. We got this perfect spirit of God living, dwelling on the inside of us, filled with agape love from top to bottom. And we have a choice every moment of the day to partner with that. Put away the spirit of heaviness. That partnership at any moment can start with our attention, our affection. That is putting on the garment of praise. As our focus turns, our attention turns to Jesus. We sang that, turn your eyes upon Jesus. The spirit of heaviness leaves. Our mind becomes filled with praise, with gratitude. Jesus even taught this lesson to his disciples and to anybody else who's listening, to every one of us. Psalm 8-2, if you ever notice this, but Jesus quoted scripture all the time, right? He responded to the enemy only in scripture. He, we might need to learn a little more scripture sometimes with our responses, right? Psalms chapter 8 verse 2 is a scripture Jesus quoted. David wrote this in Psalms chapter 8. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained strength. What does that even mean, right? Out of the mouth of babes, you've ordained strength. It sounds like an old-timey phrase. It is old-timey phrasing. But there's something very important that happens in the book of Matthew. Jesus quotes this exact verse. If you have a chain reference Bible, you can look at the little thing down the middle, and it'll say direct quotation of Psalms. It is direct, but it's a little bit different. Jesus in Matthew 21, verse 16 says, And said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise? Why is this important? In the Old Testament, David said, out of the mouth of babes, you've perfected strength. Jesus takes that word strength and substituted it for praise. He said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you've ordained praise. Praise and strength are interchangeable. When you turn your attention and your affection towards the Lord and you put on that garment of praise, that weakness that you've been focused on, this is how to get strength into that situation. This is how to bring the strength that is found in your spirit. This is how to bring the strength of the Holy Spirit into that weak part of your flesh. This is how to bring the strength of what God thinks and declares about you into those negative things that you've been thinking and declaring about you or anybody else. How do I do it? How do I access the strength found in the Holy Spirit? Jesus is laying it out right here and he says praise. 
put on those garments of praise and experience the strength of God filling up that part of you. Whatever it is, it could be a physical ailment, it can be a mental thing, it could literally just be that spirit of heaviness that fights us so hard when we turn on the TV and we see weakness in humanity, or when we get the update on our phone, or when somebody has done us wrong, or when we have been hurt by somebody. And that's getting all of our attention, that spirit of heaviness is just bearing down on us like never before, and we think, am I strong enough to keep going? No not without Jesus, but you're not alone and you're not without Jesus. And the way you bring his strength into that moment is putting on the garment of praise. I could give you a very serious example of this, or I could give you a very funny example uh, and a goofy one. I like the funny, goofy stuff. It's all the same thing, but I, I, I'm a runner and I run every day. I know you can tell my super slender, not doughy physique, um, but I am a runner. I run a 5K. Monday through Friday, every day of the week, I run a 5K. And about a month and a half ago, I finished this, this one run around my neighborhood, and my right heel started hurting so bad. And I don't know why, but boy, it has hurt every day since. And I, I'm kind of ridiculous. I just run on it anyway. It might feel better if I just gave it like a week off, but I just keep, I just keep going. Run through the pain, let it go. One day I was running about two weeks ago, and, and I was... Just running, and boy, it was hurting. Every time my, my foot hit the ground, and I was like, man, I know that I'm healed. Like, I'm declaring 1 Peter 2.24 while I'm running. I'm like, out of breath. I'm like, 1 Peter 2.24 says, by stripes, I'm healed. But my heel was still hurting. And I just thought about this stupid little thing that was so, uh, the word heal, right, actually has the word healed in it. It's a, it's, what is it, a homonym where it sounds the same. It's obviously spelled different. But it just made me laugh a little bit. And I started singing this really stupid song while I was running like my heel is healed and the whole way home I was just singing my heel is healed and I was running I was like my heel is healed my heel and that was so dumb and I know it sounded stupid and people were staring at me because a lot of people in my neighborhood run but I just kept singing this dumb song my heel is healed and I'm telling you that was the last time my heel hurt when I was running I got home it was still hurting but the next morning I woke up and I noticed I didn't have to walk down the stairs you know one stair at a time you know you wake up and you walk down in the morning sometimes you, you walk down a little bit slower than the, the end of the day. That next morning it was just fine. But you know what happened? My tension shifted from my own weakness and it went to this truth that I was healed. And then I just started laughing about it. This is stupid. This is, like out of all the parts of my body, the one part that declares healing with its very name is the part that's hurt. And that doesn't even make a ton of sense, right? But it's just what got my brain off of what was hurting. And I started walking and running in victory over this pain in my heel. But so many times, that is all we are missing. You're not missing the victory. It's on the inside of you. Jesus got the victory on the cross. You're not lacking the strength to get through the trial. You're just not operating in it. Come on, if you don't pay your bills then your water's gonna get cut off even if you have the money sitting in a bank account. You gotta go make the payment. You gotta make the withdrawal. Some of us are getting our spiritual water cut off because we're not going to the reservoir and making a withdrawal and we do it through praise. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Jesus just interchanged the word strength and praise. That's something we can take and run with. 
Here's the deal, though. Just like I'm wearing a sweater, a lot of you are wearing jackets and coats, you had to put it on. You got to put it on yourself. It's not something that just happens. You've got to put on a garment. That, I believe that's why it was, it was the metaphor that Isaiah was inspired to use by the Holy Spirit was the garment of praise. Not just put on praise, put your praise on, lift up your voice. No, he on purpose used the metaphor of a garment because it's very clear picture that you have to put it on. You have to make the choice. And I know like you know, there's moments when you're down and it's not the easiest thing to do. It's easy right now to say, I'm going to shift my focus to the Lord. I'm going to stop thinking about all this negative, ne negative stuff, and I'm just going to put on the garment of praise. It's easy right now in a moment like this, right? But, but when we're faced with that spirit of heaviness, and maybe we're all alone, or maybe it's a hard part of the day, a, a tough season in life, that's when it becomes even more important to just use that self-control that you've got. That's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is in you. So all of you that say, I don't have any self-control, you are agreeing with fear and agreeing with the enemy. You do have self-control. It is on the inside of you if you're a believer. So self-control yourself into putting on the garments of praise. You'll get a better result than when you throw the tantrum. Maybe like one time you got what you wanted when you threw the tantrum. But you're going to get what you need every time when you choose the garments of praise over the tantrum. Aren't most adults just babies in adult bodies? I know in my flesh I am. I'm not like telling y'all. I am the big baby in my flesh. Like, I, I want all the attention. I want all of you to like me all the time. I don't want anybody to think. I mean, like, I know who I am in the flesh. But more importantly, I know who I am in the spirit. That's better. I like to get my way, right? I know how to do it. So do you. But the garments of praise in the Lord's way is way better than your way. Yes. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is not demanding. We know God is love. That means God is not demanding. But I'll tell you something, he does have a way. Love is not demanding, but love has a way. And when we put on the garments of praise, man, we find strength in areas where we feel like maybe we don't go any farther. We can't do anything more. But let the weak say, I am strong. Yeah. Jesus stood up. I already mentioned this. In the New Testament, Jesus stood up in the temple and declared this prophecy from Isaiah. And he declared it because he was saying this prophecy that Isaiah said hundreds of years ago is being fulfilled today right in front of your eyes through me. That's for me and you today. We have a choice because of him to put on the garments of praise and see that spirit of heaviness go every time. And here's why it happens. I like to know why things happen. Like, what is it about it? What is it about praise? What is it about shifting our focus to Jesus that causes that spirit of heaviness to flee? And I believe we find the answer to that in Psalms chapter 22, verse 3. And it's one that you hear me say a whole lot. I think I already said it today a couple of times. But it says, Thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. God's presence 
is found in our praise. His presence is found in our thanksgiving. There's another verse in Psalms that says, how do you enter the courts of God? You enter his courts with thanksgiving in your heart. I will enter your gates with praise. If you want to know how to get into the presence of God, it is not about a church service. Hopefully our church services are filled with the presence of God, but that's not how you have to get there. You get to the presence of God, or really, He gets to you every time through your praise. He inhabits that praise. And let me tell you, in the presence of God, that spirit of heaviness cannot dwell. In the presence of God, that spirit of fear cannot dwell. Why? Because perfect love casts out fear. And that's what the spirit of heaviness is. It's fear that that weak place will never be strong. It's fear that that empty place will never be filled. It's filled with fear. And when the presence of God comes into that moment, comes into that place, the spirit of heaviness runs as fast as it can. And instead of those fear-based what-if questions, we'll find ourselves declaring in faith, God will make a way where I don't see a way. God will bring strength when I don't feel like I have strength. God will fill in the blank. It was one of my, one of my favorite, um, mine and Lisa's, one of our favorite worship albums that came out last year was the Maverick City Worship Christmas album. Uh, it wasn't just Christmas songs. It's a group of people in a chapel just singing and worshiping. And there's this great moment where uh, one of, I forgot what song it was, but what the title is, but it's one of my favorites. And the lady who's leading worship just stopped singing. And she says, I saw a study that says fear and anxiety cannot exist in the mind at the same time. Right? And she goes off and talks about this. That got me very interested. So I started looking for that study that said fear and anxiety cannot exist at the same, I'm sorry, fear, uh, anxiety and gratitude cannot exist at the same time in your mind. So I, I started looking for this study. I wanted to see this for myself. I didn't find the exact study, but I'm telling you, I found so many articles from so many science and, and, and uh, counselor magazines that talked about how gratitude is the perfect combatant for anxiety. You know what else happens when you focus on your own weaknesses or anybody else's? Well, you're opening the door to fear and anxiety to come at you at every turn. I found an article from Psychology Today. You ready for this? This is a little paragraph. Not a Christian article. I don't know if the guy's a Christian. Just a science magazine, Psychology Today. Research shows gratitude is a strong way to reduce anxiety. Such effects are in addition to gratitude's ability to strengthen relationships, improve your mental health, and minimize your stress. In fact, researchers suggest that gratitude's effects may be long-lasting and especially positive. Multiple studies use gratitude interventions as free, simple, and effective ways to protect against anxiety, promotion of self-understanding, reducing unbeneficial self-talk, unbeneficial self-talk. Did you know science as evidently says that self-talk is just as bad as the word says it is? Unbeneficial self-talk, reducing anxiety in youth are ways in which we can benefit. So basically, secular medicine, uh, secular uh, Psychology Today probably spent millions of dollars researching what the Word told us 2,000 years ago, that putting on the garments of praise gets rid of the spirit of heaviness, that turning our attention towards Jesus gets rid of anxiety, that if our mind or our home is filled with anxious thoughts, anxiety, then gratitude 
is the remedy. Gratitude is what turns the corner for us. And we read the same thing Paul wrote in Philippians 4.8 from the depths of a prison. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. And then his peace will flood your heart and your mind. Thankfulness, gratitude, turning our attention towards God. So here we have Jesus telling us that when you praise, you find strength. We have Isaiah telling us directly from the Holy Spirit that if you feel the spirit of heaviness, if you're focused on your weakness, if you find yourself focused on the humanity's weakness or on somebody else's shortcomings, put on the garments of praise and watch that spirit of heaviness leave. Isaiah, Jesus, and even Paul. Look to Jesus, tell him what you need, thank him for what he's done. Attention, gratitude, spirit of fear will leave, spirit of heaviness will leave. I mean, if secular medicine is caught on, we should be leading the way as the church. We should be like, I've been telling you all that. Come on, you could have given me millions of dollars. I'll do a study myself. Here's how you get rid of that anxiety. Focus on gratitude. And I love what that article said, actually. And it says, here's how gratitude uh, changes your mind from anxiety to gratitude, is it strengthens your relationships. Man, if you've been praying, Lord, I want a stronger relationship with you, praise, gratitude strengthens the relationship. The article says it improves mental health. And if you're battling with, with thoughts in your mind, if you're battling with that idea that I cannot focus on anything other than these shortcomings, than these things I see, the way this is all heading, gratitude improves what's going on up here. And minimizes stress. You know, you won't be able to avoid stress as far as this world is concerned, but you can change the way you react to it. That was Miss Ruth's part of the word she had for us last week was sometimes we rebuke the resistance and the resistance isn't even uh, the enemy. It's just resistance, right? It's how do we respond to it? We rise above it, right? Do we rise above it? Do we move through it? Or do we let it stop us? Do we start focusing on the resistance instead of just moving through it? It says in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're not meant just to stand still or get knocked down without getting back up. You walk through that valley. And guess what? His rod and his staff are with you the whole time. He's with you the whole time. And when our focus is there, we see it, we feel it. And those areas that we think are weak, we experience strength like never before, like we could not experience on our own in our flesh. And that's good, good news. The spirit of heaviness leads us to fear, and worse, every time. But when we choose to put on the garment of praise, that spirit of heaviness flees. It invites the very presence of God into that moment. And what do we find in his presence? We're going to do a whole series about that. The next series we do is all about the presence of God, and it's about what you find in his presence. The Bible says there's fullness of joy there. That's pretty good. There's peace. That's pretty good. And a whole lot more. We're going to talk about that, and it's going to be awesome. But when you invite his presence into that moment through fear, Perfect love cast out. When you invite his presence into the moment through praise, through gratitude, fear, anxiety, spirit of heaviness, man, it's all, it's all the same thing. It all comes from the same place, and it flees. And that's good.
So if that is you, and I bet you if we're honest, every one of us can relate to this. I know I can. I'm sure every one of us can relate to a part in our life, a moment in our life, a place in our life where we experience the spirit of heaviness on a regular basis. And I'm going to say one more thing. This is not a, a, this is not a message saying be passive about stuff that's not going right. No. This isn't a message saying uh, just let the world be the world and, and let people that have shortcomings just be them and you just leave everything alone and get to that. No. This is not that at all because this is inviting God into the moment. God is love. And one of the things love does is it rejoices when the truth prevails. It weeps over injustice. This is actually inviting the answer to those situations into the moment. This is actually inviting the answer to the way the world is going into the moment and has given you a chance to partner with that answer and step forward. And it might not look the way you thought it was going to look. A lot of things don't look the way we think they're going to look. Jesus didn't look the way the world thought he was going to look. They thought a king was going to come from the clouds with a crown on his head and a sword in his hand on a horse and take the, take the sword into the halls of, of uh, Herod's house and, and run a sword through him and sit on the throne by himself and say, come to me. But he was born as a baby in a manger. Well, sometimes we take that image for granted, right? Because we hear our whole lives. We see the cute nativity scene. But it was the exact opposite of what people expected. And if you think he was a, a passive savior that said, just let the world be the world and you just follow me, then, then you also have a wrong impression of him. Because he's the actual answer to all of it. And when we turn our attention and our affection towards him, we invite the very presence into the moment. We operate in that strength where our flesh is weak. We have words of life to partner with and speak over people and situations. And that's what makes the difference. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to have the band come on up. <laughs>